0: What's going on, Red Sox fans? How you doing? A great series against the Mariners this weekend. The Red Sox keep up their winning ways. Welcome, everyone, to episode three of the Believe in Red Sox podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. How's everyone doing? I hope you're all doing well. Hope you all had a great weekend. Uh, Red Sox fans, we uh, had a very good series. It was a tough series, just like I said it would. Uh, coming into this series, I knew it was not going to be easy. The Mariners have been playing well. And uh, as you could see, it was tough to win two out of those three games. We're going to dive into that series. We're going to preview the upcoming series with the Oakland A's. Uh, but before I do get into everything, I just want to go over today's sponsor for this episode, uh, Bet. Online is our sponsor for today's episode. Um, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights and the NFL. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas Casino and poker games. It's really easy to get started. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up and use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline. Where the games start. Our next sponsor is SeatGeek. Use code HIDE and you'll get twenty dollars off your first purchase. So if you're looking to go to a game this year, if you're looking to go check out the socks, use my code HIDE. You get twenty bucks off your first purchase with SeatGeek. Also, we have a partnership with Prize Picks. Use the code Ginger for a one hundred percent deposit match. And uh, let's just get to it, everyone. Uh, Like I said, a great series with the Mariners this weekend. And uh, like I said, very hard-fought series. Let's get to the screen here. All righty. So again, if you are with me here on YouTube, I am live. And uh, you will be able to see everything that I'm showing here on the computer. So if you're with me on YouTube, you'll be able to see the box scores, as well as any other page that I pull up here on the screen. Um, but let's take a look here. Let's go to the first game of the series, one nothing, and then J.D. Martinez, with his sixth home run of the year, made it 2 nothing. That was the, the last home run for J.D. Martinez came 19 games ago in that 13-4 to loss against the Astros back in May. So it was a while before J.D. Martinez really got into one. Martinez was hitting really well, but the power wasn't quite there for him. So it was really nice to see J.D. Martinez get into one for a home run. After the J.D. Martinez home run, that made it 2-0. But then Jesse Winker came up in the bottom of the fifth. That made it 2-2 two-run home run for Jesse Winker. Not a great start for Jesse Winker so far this year, but he's starting to show some signs here for the Mariners. So uh, Winker was absolutely amazing for the Reds last year, but uh, he has not really been able to produce uh, to the same level like he was last year. But that home run made it 2-2. And then Bobby Dahlbeck, man, he has been hitting extremely well lately for the Red Sox. I'll get into some numbers in just a little bit, but Bobby Dalback came up big, go-ahead home run in the seventh. That made it 3-2. to two. And then after a hit-by-pitch to Ref Snyder, I'm going to talk about Rob Ref Snyder here in just a little bit. Holy cow, Rob Ref Snyder. Um, hit-by-pitch to Ref Snyder, and then a, a base hit from Rafael Devers moved him over to third. J.D. Martinez grounded into a double play. That made it to The Mariners did make it interesting with a few base hits off of Matt Strom in the eighth inning. That made it 4-3, to but he was able to get out of it with the lead intact. Um, Now, let's move into the end of this game. Coming in for the save here in game one was Tanner Houck, and this is the guy that I think needs to be the closer moving forward. He locked it down for his first career save in this one. And uh, Tanner Houck, man, he is, uh, I think this is the guy that needs to be closing out these games. And uh, let's talk about Tanner Houck for a little bit. So last episode, if you were here for episode two, we actually had a great comment from someone that was listening. And he was saying, hey, why not Chris Sale maybe be the closer, get out Tanner Houck, be the setup guy. And that was actually uh, some news that was from The Athletic that the Red Sox might be looking at Chris Sale working out of the bullpen initially. That way he can work up his innings. You know, the idea of Chris Sale as the closer, it sounds fun, but in the end, the Red Sox, they're going to want this guy in the starting rotation. They're not paying him all that money to pitch. One inning at the end of games. Well, I think Chris Sale would be an amazing closer. I just, I just don't think that's what the Red Sox are going to do with him. So to me, if Tanner Houck is going to be, you know, in the bullpen for this year, I think you got to have Tanner Houck man coming in at the end of games. Um, the the slider is just nasty with him. Good fastball to me you know, kind of have a similar role to Garrett Whitlock last year. I think you could have Tanner Houck come in maybe for multiple innings at times, but I think Tanner Houck, the majority of his appearances should be at the end of games. The Red Sox have not had a closer all year. They've been doing the bullpen by committee for what feels like forever now. And as for as long as I've been a Red Sox fan, I have never really seen a bullpen by committee work all that well. The Tampa Bay Rays, they can find ways to get it done. But for the Red Sox, it's just never quite worked. And uh, I'm not really a big fan of it, to be completely honest. I like the one guy at the end of the game. And I think Tanner Houck, man, give him that role. I think he'll absolutely just run with that role. And Alex Cora seems to be a fan of it as well. Uh, He did say he wants to see where it goes. He would prefer to use Houck two or three times a week for one inning instead of long relief. Cora uh, said... We kept pushing for this. I just feel like we're at where we're at pitching staff wise, losing him for 3 or 4 days after a long relief outing puts us in a bad spot. And I agree. I think Tanner Houck, you know, yeah, he can come in, he can throw multiple innings, but again, like Cora said, you're not going to have him for a couple of days. To me, one inning coming in to close out some games. And yeah, he did need a day in between. He came in for the save today. We'll talk about that in just a little bit, but I think with Houck, you know, just work him up to those times where, yeah, maybe he he will have to go back-to-back days. Uh, it would have been great to have him on Saturday night. We'll talk about that game in just a second. But I think work Tanner Houck up to that point, I think he could really be one of the better closers in the game. Uh, I think he just has the right mentality for that role as well. And uh, I would love Tanner Houck to be the closer of this team. Absolutely. So let's get to game two here. We had Michael Waka get the start in this one against George Kirby. Waka, he was amazing in his last start against the Angels, but in this one, kind of the same thing as Rich Hill, didn't quite have that same effectiveness in this game. He was able to get through it as much as he could. He got into the fifth inning. He was able to minimize the damage as much as he could, um, but again, just wasn't as crisp as we've seen him. He gave up eight hits in this game, um, but... He got out of this one overall with a no decision, so he did enough to be able to keep the Red Sox in this, but let's get started here with the scoring. Uh, Trevor Story, he did get it started in the first. He reached on an error, and then Rafael Devers, he got the scoring started with an absolute bomb, his 13th of the season at that point. The Mariners answered back with a couple of two-run innings thanks to an Adam Frazier base hit that scored two, and an absolute bomb from Julio Rodriguez it was just clobbered the bat flip he just flipped the bat he knew it was gone as soon as he hit it Julio Rodriguez man that was one guy coming into this series I told everyone to look out for and uh he uh he just is continuing to show why he is one of the top prospects in the game but his home run made it four to three uh JD Martinez Another home run answered with a two-run homer. That was the seventh of the year. That made it five to four. So back-to-back games with a home run for J.D. Martinez. That's actually the second time that he's done it this season. So again, it's really nice to see J.D. Martinez getting that power stroke coming back. Um, He's right now on pace for around 18 to 19 home runs. That would be his lowest total since 2016. If he were to finish under 22, he, that would be his lowest total since 2016. So keep that in mind. I'm looking for J.D. Martinez to start just uh, hitting some missiles out there. But moving forward with this game, the Mariners answered back in the seventh thanks to an Abraham Toro uh, double off of Matt Strom. That tied the game at five. And uh, this was a great game. It was a very good game. I think one of the better games in all of Major League Baseball this year. This Mariners team on this night, They look like the Mariners team last year where they were just extremely clutch. They were a team that would just never die. So Abraham Toro tied the game in the seventh off of Matt Strom. And uh, I'm gonna talk about Strom here in just a little bit. I'm actually gonna talk about Alex Cora in a little bit and how he managed this bullpen. Um, But let's get to this first. Into the ninth inning, it was a tie game. Bobby Dahl back, like I said, he's been very good lately. Came through again for the Red Sox. Go ahead, Homer. That made it six to five. And that, it was looking like, hey, Bobby Dalback was going to be the hero of this game. Unfortunately, those heroics would go to waste. Hanzo Robles. Oh my goodness. Hanzo Robles. I I, I saw Hanzo Robles live in Tampa when Kevin Kiermeyer had the walk-off home run. I'm going to say this right now before I get into all of this. Hanzo Robles, you need to keep this guy away from the ninth inning. Keep him away from the ninth inning. it it, it needs to stop. We, we, we got to stop it with Hanzo Robles. His numbers are awful. I'm going to talk about those numbers in just a little bit. Um, but in Tampa, I remember he looked pretty good to start things off and then he balked in that game and he just completely got frazzled and he just, he didn't have it. I don't think Hanzo Robles has the mentality for the ninth inning, you know, yes, we can look at analytics and you can look at numbers all you want, but there, what you can't look on this, what you can't look at on the stat sheet is the mentality for the ninth inning. It's a different feel. It's a different, there's different things running through your head at the end of the game, man. You need that adrenaline at the end of the game. And Hanzo Robles, he is just not that guy. And, and no disrespect to Hanzo Robles. I think he is very good In the bullpen. I just think he needs to stay away from the end of games. I don't know what it is. Papelbon, to me, is the perfect example of a guy. When he would come in for the Red Sox, that was a guy. He was just locked in for the ninth inning. I think you obviously need to have those statistics behind you. But I think you need to be in the right headspace. I don't think Hanzo Robles is that guy for the ninth inning. But let's talk about it. It actually started off well. He got Julio Rodriguez to ground out. And then he walked J.P. Crawford. Then uh, Eugenio Suarez got the base hit, so he was running into some trouble. That's kind of the same thing. That's what happened in Tampa Bay. When I watched that game live, he got off to a pretty good start to close it out. Then a couple of things happened, and he just lost it. And so at this point, I would have gone with another guy. I probably would have gone with John Schreiber. Uh, This is a guy he he did pitch the night prior, but in my opinion, I mean, it's he's pitched in back-to-back games before that would have been the guy I think that arm angle in the ninth inning I think he is hard to pick up that would have been the guy I would have gone to instead of Hanzo Robles but I digress so but let me talk about those numbers for Robles in the ninth inning Um, overall this year ninth inning for Hanzo Robles a 7.71 ERA a 7.85 FIP. He needs to stay away from the ninth inning. Um, But Abraham Toro, he came through again with a base hit to tie it. And then Dylan Moore had the walk-off hit. Um, Again, I would have gone with Schreiber. That would have been the guy I would turn to. He's been great out of that bullpen for the Red Sox ever since coming up. And I don't know. That's just the guy I would have gone with personally. I think Robles. Robles has very good numbers in the sixth, the seventh, and the eighth innings. I think he just needs to stay there. I think he needs to be one of the setup guys, middle relief. I think he's good in that spot. Um, I will also say, I think it really hurt the Red Sox that Alex Cora burned through all of their lefties. I think, to me, I think Tanner Houck is the guy for the closer role moving forward. I think that's the guy that needs to be the closer of this team. But if you're not going to have Tanner Houck for one night, I think you need to keep a lefty for the ninth inning. I understand you got to kind of get to that point. This is, that's what they did in this game. You got to get to the end of the game. Um, But I think if you can, you need to keep a lefty there. Because if you're not going to have Hauk at the end of the game, or just in general, if you're not going to have your closer, I'm a fan of being able to have a lefty there in case you need to bring him in for a matchup. Um, You know, just in case things start going south. You know, I know you have the three batter minimum, but I think it would have been great to have a lefty there in that spot to Dylan Moore. Um, I don't know. That's that's just me personally. But uh, he burned through Diekman. He burned through Strom. He, Austin Davis, I think, would have been a good guy for the end there. Um, but what can you do? So in the end, the Mariners ended up winning this game with a walk-off hit. But that again, this Mariners team, that's exactly how they were last year. They fought to the end. They were always a tough team to keep down. And they just always found a way to win – a win in the end they were the best clutch team last year statistically so but let's move on to game three today we actually had a bit of news coming into this game Nathan Ivaldi going on the IL with some back inflammation in his last start he was actually dealing with some hip problems so no surprise when you got stuff going on with your hips your back is going to start taking the brunt of it so I think Nathan Ivaldi, man I, that hey Let's just get rested up. It's going to be, you know, you're going to miss him in this turn in the rotation. The Red Sox, you know, they're trying to find guys to, you know, already to fill in some starts. So losing Nathan Evaldi along with Garrett Whitlock earlier this week, they're going to have to really find a way to get through these games here in the next week to week and a half. So, but let's talk about the guy that got called up for him today or to take his spot for him today. and That's Cutter Crawford. That's another one that I have seen live. I saw Cutter Crawford's debut with the Red Sox last year against the Indians. Yes, the Indians. They were the Indians last year, not the Guardians. They were still the Indians. Um, But they roughed him up. And I saw that debut, and I'm like, man, Cutter Crawford, I don't know. I don't know about this guy. But he looked really good in this one. Cutter Crawford, man, went up against the ultimate grunter of Major League Baseball. Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray drives me absolutely nuts, but I got to give credit to Robbie Ray has not had a great year this year, but he looked really good in this one as well. We actually had a pitching duel pretty much all the way through, Uh, but Cutter Crawford, a very good start today. Five innings, one hit, seven Ks. I mean, what else could you ask for from a spot starter? Honestly, I would have maybe even put him back out for the six. He was only at around, I think he was at 83 pitches. That guy, to me, I think he I think he should have gone out for the sixth inning. Anyway, it didn't really matter in the end, but I think he, he was doing so good. He only gave up one hit, but I get it. You know, he probably didn't want to keep throwing him out there for these hitters. You know, they're starting to maybe see him a little bit better. So I understand making that move for the bullpen. But either way, a great start for Cutter Crawford today. I would imagine, you know, if you're going to have Nathan Evaldi out and you got Garrett Whitlock out too, I think Cutter Crawford earned himself another start. I really do. I think you got to keep him up. I mean, if he did, if he did that well today against a Mariners team that has been playing well, I absolutely think Cutter Crawford should get another start. Why not? Um, but as for Robbie Ray, like I said, we had a pitchers duel today. He did really good too. He went seven innings, only gave up three hits. He struck out four. Uh, it was a scoreless game all the way until the eighth inning, and then the Red Sox started coming alive. Uh, Rob Refsnyder. Hit by pitch, got on base, and then Rafi Devers, man, Rafael Devers, he got a pitch that was just up and away, and he just stuck the bat out there, and he just killed it for an opposite field shot. Two-run home run, made it two-nothing. Rafael Devers, man, Bloom. if you are for some reason listening to this show, if you're listening, you need to listen to me right now, get this guy Signed. Enough is enough. Get that contract written up. Go talk with John. Go talk with John Henry. Go talk with Tom Werner. We gotta get this guy locked up, man, because he is an absolute machine. I don't know what what else does he need to prove. Also, did everyone see the ice cream cone at the end of the game today? After the game, I mean, my goodness, Rafi Devers, I think, has now started something for the Red Sox. I, honestly. Can the Red Sox just have post-game ice cream cones all the time? Because it is an absolute vibe. If you're with me live here on YouTube, he was having an ice cream cone after the game. And my goodness, I mean, look how adorable he is having his ice cream cone. Are you kidding me? Uh, but we got to get this guy signed. I don't know what else he needs to prove. If we go take a look here, I actually tweeted out a little earlier. I wrote, give Raphael Devers a contract seven years 196 to 210 million, somewhere in that range. That's 28 to 30 million annually. If you go to Fangraphs, I've talked about this before on this show. If you go to a player's page on Fangraphs, you can look at their value. As of right now, we are through right right around 60 games and Raphael Devers is worth already 27 million. And we're a little more than a third of the way through. Are you kidding me? This guy is on pace to just have a, a stupid good season. He's 25 years old. He's he's what, 26 in about five months? I mean, come on. Give this guy a seven-year deal. If we go take a look here, I came up with those numbers because um, I've just looked at the other contracts for third baseman. Manny Machado is the top paid third baseman right now, at least for the whole contract. The highest AAV actually goes to Anthony Rendon, $35 million per year, uh, and Nolan Arenado. His contract overall comes in at $260 million. But to me, I think Rafi Devers, man, I think he should kind of go between Anthony Rendon and Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez just recently signed a pretty... Team-friendly contract, $141 million over seven years. Anthony Rendon had seven years, $245 million. So I think somewhere in between there, I think is a pretty good fit. You got to remember with Anthony Rendon, he was a free agent. He's on the open market. So those guys, they're going to tend to get more money because they're on the open market, right? Because teams are bidding for these guys. Jose Ramirez, he signed a pretty friendly contract because... Yeah, when you usually when you sign an extension, usually it's a team-friendly deal. Um, I think Rafi Devers, man, somewhere in between there. Around $200 million, seven years. That would have him signed until he's 32 years old. He can go be a free agent at that point. I think it's good for both sides. I think that's what he's worth. Um, at the minimum, I think he should be getting $24, 25000000 But you got to get him signed, man. I, I don't see... What else he has to prove? Uh, he's just a machine. He's just on another level. This is a guy, like, I can understand Xander Bogarts if you let him go because he's getting into his 30s now. But Raphael Devers is 25 years old. I, I don't know, man. I, I think you got to get something locked up with him. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But I absolutely think this guy needs to get paid especially because he's having some post-game ice cream cones. I mean, that, I mean, come on, that, that in itself, it's absolutely, come on, it's, it's adorable. Raphael Devers, man, he's got big smiles all the time. He's eating ice cream cones. I mean, come on. The, ugh, what else? I mean, you just got to love the guy, right? Um, but actually, that's not even where I'm going to stop talking about this game. I need to give a little bit of credit here to Rob Snyder. Ty France hit one out there to right field, and I thought that was dropping down for a double. Oh my goodness. Rob Ref Snyder made one of the catches of the year. This guy fully laid out and he just caught it full extension. Holy crap. What a catch from Ref Snyder, man. Uh that looked like a for sure gapper. And uh he just laid out full extension and got it. That's one of the catches of the year, in my opinion. And then I've been high on Tanner Houck here in this show. He came in, got the save, two saves in this series. First two career saves. Tanner Houck needs to be the closer moving forward. If Chris Sale does come back and he goes to a bullpen role, I think Chris Sale put him as a setup guy. You know, if you're going to work him up in the bullpen, you know, have him be you know a multi-inning guy slash setup guy. If that's what you want to do, um, eventually he'll get back into the rotation. But I think Tanner Houck. This is this reminds me, and this is what Garrett Whitlock was like last year. When he just took that role at the end of the game, he just took it. Just like Papelbon did back in 2006. I think Hawk is that guy. I think Hauk is the guy. If you're going to keep Whitlock in the rotation, Whitlock has shown more promise in the rotation than Hauk was showing. That's the difference between those two. Is Whitlock has shown that ability to work deeper into games. Tanner Houck was having... So, uh, Whitlock has had his issues working through those innings as well. But Hauk was having a bit of a tougher time. And, uh, I think Hauk is the, is the guy to be pitching at the end of games. That's just my personal opinion. But, Good series here against the Mariners. As of right now, the Red Sox, they sit at 32-29. and 29. Uh, To me, I think this division is pretty much done. The Yankees scored like 8,000 runs today against the Chicago Cubs. What the heck is going on? Um, even Kyle Higashioka going deep today on what was it, like a 40-mile-an-hour, just whatever it was. Um, but the Red Sox, 32-29, they're 12-and-a-half back in the division, but they do have. They still do have the third wild card spot. The Blue Jays hanging on to the first one. The Rays hanging on to the second one. And the Red Sox hanging on to the third one. As of right now, Cleveland a half game back. Of the Cleveland is also playing well, and uh, the Angels three games back. The even the Rangers are three games back. Man, oh man. Also, did you hear the story about the Angels today with Joe Madden? Joe Madden supposedly showed up. With a mohawk, for for that game that day, and then he got fired. Joe Madden was about oh, Angels. Could you have waited one more day? One more day. Could you have just? You couldn't wait one more day. If I saw Joe Madden with a mohawk, I would have just. That would have been the best thing I would ever seen. My, my goodness, the Angels, you, you messed up on that one. Just why couldn't you give us Joe Madden with a mohawk? Are you kidding me? Um, but. I digress. Let's move on here to the next series. So the Red Sox still going to be playing some West Coast action, uh, going up against the A's in the next series. Uh, We have a much-needed day off on Monday. After 10 straight games, they're going to need a day off. These guys are tired. They are definitely going to appreciate it. But game one, it's going to be Nick Pavetta against Jared Koenig. Game two, Rich Hill versus James Caprillion. And game three, there's actually not a projected starter right now, according to fan graphs. But I would imagine it's either going to be Waka. Waka is listed as a probable, as the probable guy right now for game one against the Cardinals, which I mean, hey, that's a great story. Waka against the Cardinals at Fenway Park. That's got 2013 written all over it. But Waka right now on Fangraphs is listed as the probable guy for Game 1 against the Cardinals on the weekend. That's going to be a really fun series. We're not going to talk about that in this episode, but um, that's, going to be, that's going to be really fun. The Cardinals got a good team this year. You always got to love it when the Red Sox and Cardinals play. It's just got, always got that feel to it. You know, you had the 04 World Series, the 2013 World Series. You know, you got all those World Series from back in the day with just oh, – just, I always love when those two teams play, man. I just always love it. It's got that historic feel to it. Um, but as for game three, there's not a listed guy right now. So could that be a Cutter Crawford start? Could that be Winkowski maybe being called up from A? He looked pretty good in his last start for the Woo Sox. Um, so I would imagine, I would imagine for game three, you're going to want to spot Winkowski. Um, so unless they maybe move some guys around, maybe you end up having Rich Hill. Maybe you push him there. You could have Crawford for game two. Um, I would think Crawford for game two. Oh no, i no, actually I think no Crawford lines up for game three. So yeah, I, I think it's going to be Cutter Crawford for game three there. So, um, but what am I looking out for in this series? I'm looking out for Bobby Dalback. This guy's awesome. He would have been the hero on Saturday night has it, had it not been for Hanzo Robles. Kill me. But Dahlback in his last 15 games, he's hitting 305, has a 353 on base, a 609 slugging, four homers, 10 RBIs. I want to see Bobby Dahlback keep it going, man. Let's keep it going. He's been great. Trevor Story has been the opposite. He's actually been pretty cold. He's four for his last 24. Really, you know, Story, his glove has been great out there. It has been just such a great fit defensively. He has really taken to second base, um, but I'm hoping we're not going to see a hot and cold bat from Trevor Story. I, I'm never a fan of those streaky bats. You know, I love when they're hot, but you know when they're cold, it's just like ugh. But Trevor Story looking to see if he can pick up the pace, and again looking to see who gets that start for Game Three or. Who ends up getting the who ends up getting the start or how do they fill this with Nathan Evaldi and Garrett Whitlock out so um let's get to some prospect news some prospect news we had some action over this weekend let's talk a little Bray and Bayo the top Red Sox pitching prospect uh had a great start against Buffalo he went six innings eight strikeouts he continues to look good are we going to see Bray Bayo maybe be a September call-up for the Red Sox I'm, I'm thinking right now he's He's pushing for it. I I think you could definitely see Bayo in some kind of a role, unless they have an innings limit for him. Could you see maybe Brian Bayo get the spot start in game three? Maybe. I think maybe you could. I'm not sure what their plan for him is. Maybe they just want him to just working triple-A right now, but he could be a possibility for that game against the A's. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, one guy that we have not really talked about all that much. And uh this might be the first time you're hearing about him. And that's Nicholas Northcutt. High A Greenville. This guy hit his 20th home run over the weekend. And believe it or not, believe it or not, if you go to fan graphs, if you go pull up under the prospects tab, if you go to the board, you can actually see the minor league leaderboards. And Nicholas Northcutt, of high A Greenville is actually tied for the lead in home runs in all of minor league baseball. The problem with Nicholas Northcutt, though, the problem is while he is hitting bombs and driving in runs, he's only hitting 229. he He's got a 278 on base. So we're not seeing a lot of on-base action and batting average from him. However... His slugging percentage, it's a 573. So while I do appreciate the home runs and the RBIs, I need to see more of a batting average. I need to see more of an on-base. And who knows, man? Maybe this guy can end up being a guy in the next few years. And uh, hey, with the Red Sox, they've always been very good at developing these position players. So could that, or could Nicholas Northcutt be a guy that we see in a couple of years? He is re- He's mashing up there, so that's good to see. Speaking of a guy that mashes... How about Blaze Jordan? Haven't really heard too much about Blaze Jordan lately. Um, he is with Single A Salem, having a decent year with Single A. We're not seeing a lot of power from him. Only three home runs, uh, only a 408 slugging compared to the 590 slugging last year. But uh, Blaze Jordan has been heating up lately. In the month of June, he's hitting 300 with a 405 on base. He went three for four on Saturday night. So honestly, I I like that Blaze Jordan, you know, he's not just this guy that's hitting home runs. You know, honestly, like the numbers that we just looked at with Nicholas Northcutt, that's kind of what I think a lot of people saw Blaze Jordan doing. A guy just hitting for a ton of power. But I like that Jordan is really just focusing on on getting bat to ball. He's getting on base. The The power is going to, the power's there. It's going to come. The game power will develop. So I like that Jordan right now, he's not focusing on just trying to hit bombs. And I think that the Red Sox are taking the right approach. He's only 19 years old. So, hey, I think Blaze Jordan, man, give him a few years. I think he's going to be something. So he's playing great baseball lately though. So Everyone, uh, we have reached the end here, but before we do get out of here, I'm actually going to do a bit of Q&A. We did have some questions. If you go on my channel on YouTube, if you go to the community tab, you will be able to post, I will post something for you to, uh, post a question or a comment. So, uh, we got seven here. Let me run through these, uh, Hans, you actually had a question here as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on who we should target at the deadline? Um, I gotta say, man, right now uh, with these injuries happening, I'm almost kind of leaning towards some starting pitching. I think we need to go get a bullpen guy. If, if Tanner Houck ends up being the guy at the back end of the bullpen, I think you might be okay. I wouldn't mind a bullpen guy and a starting pitcher. If you could get someone, I don't think Bloom is going to do this, but if you could get someone like Luis Castillo or even Frankie Montas, oh, that would be huge. That would be huge. I don't know if Bloom is going to go that route because Bloom, the way he likes to do trades is he wants to get he wants to get something for the future as well as get something for the present. So for either Frankie Montas or Luis Castillo, he's going to have to give up prospects. And they're they're still trying to rebuild that farm. So that might not be the route I think he ends up going. We know Bloom. He's going to try and find some diamonds in the rough. Remember, he got Austin Davis last year. And look how good Austin Davis has been this year. So Heim Bloom, I think he's going to make moves like that. I think, he could get a, I think he could get a starting picture, but someone that's going to be cheaper, I think. So we'll have to wait and see on that. The Cubs, they got some relievers there. I could see him maybe going to the Cubs and uh, like maybe someone like a Scott Efros could be good for that bullpen. I could see something like that. Um, from Nashiras Midad, in 2018, Alex Cora was made famous for his hit and run schemes, which partially led to that team's success. Um has Corbin implementing the hit and run this year? Well, if we take a look at the numbers right now, I feel like he's been doing a little bit here and there. The Red Sox right now, when it comes to base running, they are actually 13th overall in major league baseball. Uh, they have a 1.0 base running. It's not a lot right now. The Rangers have the highest base running with a 12.3, but, um, now, that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean they're doing a lot of hit and run. That also accounts for stolen bases and whatnot, too, and runs scored. But I feel like he's been doing a little bit. He hasn't been doing it like crazy. But there have been some spots where he has been doing some hit and runs. Uh, From Jason, who do you see in the Red Sox starting rotation two months from now and who may move to the pen? I feel like adding arms at the deadline will be a tricky balance with guys like Sale, Paxton. Also, Josh Taylor. Don't forget about Josh Taylor. He could be back soon as well. All potentially coming back and a few few AAA guys who may be able to opt out. I would say right now with the Red Sox, I mean, if we look at the rotation as is right now, taking a look here. Well, we just had Cutter Crawford get the spot start today. But right now, the rotation on Fangraphs is listed as Pavetta, Hill, Waka, and Crawford. So eventually, you're going to get Evaldi back. You're going to get Whitlock back. So I honestly think, I don't think Bloom is going to go crazy with this rotation. I think he could add a depth kind of a guy that can give you some innings. And uh, I think you're going to see a rotation pretty similar. And then obviously, Chris Sale will come back and then, I think with James Paxton, I think you have to kind of take a wait-and-see approach with James Paxton, you know? Because you don't really know what he's going to give you. He's throwing right now. It looks like he's getting closer to a rehab assignment. But uh, I think, right now, the Red Sox, if if everyone, if everyone comes back healthy, they're going to have a lot of depth. So you could have a rotation with Ivaldi, Pavetta, Sale, Paxton, Waka I mean, you're going to have a lot of guys so I do think someone is going to have to move to the bullpen. Could you roll with a six-man rotation? Possibly. Could you have Chris Sale just end up working out of the bullpen in a in a multi-inning role? Um, I don't think they're going to go that route because they're paying him a lot of money. They want to try and get as many innings out of him as they can. Um, but you also have to you know consider his health as well. Could Rich Hill maybe move to the bullpen? Could he possibly be a guy there? I think Waka... Waka has done that role before where he he's come in and open games. He could be a multi-inning guy. But Waka has been really good in the rotation this year. And uh, I think he ends up staying there. But uh, ultimately, I think they're just going to – I think it's going to work itself out. That's why I, I do wonder if they're going to add a, a starter. I think they might, – it might be more – it might do them more to add a reliever, I think. Because I, I – but – I could see them maybe adding a depth kind of a guy as well. Uh, moving on to Will Millard. How do you feel about Hauk as a starter versus Whitlock? Uh, Hauk has to be the closer. Has to be the closer. Funny enough on Fangraphs, they are already listing Tanner Hauk as the closer. So they agree with me as well. But yeah, Whitlock, to me, I think he just needs to you know keep working at it. I think he's going to end up being fine. And then uh, Hauk, that guy's the closer. That should not change. Uh, Ballin' with AC. What is going on, my friend? Grade this package. Dodgers get Bogarts and Evaldi. Red Sox get May, Lux, Pages, uh, Gratterall, and a couple of midline to lower level prospects. Looks okay on paper. Uh, I would not mind Dustin May. I wonder if the Dodgers want to part with him. Um, I think for this year, the, with, with the way the Red Sox are playing as of late, I feel like they're going to end up hanging on to these guys unless they really start slumping, but lately the way they've been playing, I don't know if they're going to st- if they're going to go into any kind of a slump, but you never know, it's baseball. If the Red Sox start looking pretty bad, you could see I could see Evaldi go to the Dodgers. I don't know about Bogarts because they seem to be pretty I mean you could have Bogarts at second, but or you could move Turner a second, I just don't see Bogarts going to the Dodgers. Honestly, I could see Valdi going there again if the Red Sox really start to flounder. But uh, hey, would I hate Dustin May for the Red Sox? Absolutely not. Uh, Gratterall for the bullpen, I think that could be pretty good. Could you st- could you see Bloom? Let's say the Red Sox are in contention, right? Let's say they they got a wild card spot. Could you see Bloom make? a move where you're trading away guys that are helping the team now but trade them away for a package of uh, for a package of guys that will still help you compete. I could see Bloom do something like that. Bloom is very creative with his trades. The Jackie Bradley Jr. trade was a perfect example where you shipped off Hunter Renfro, and then you got a bad contract with with Jackie Bradley Jr., and then you got a couple of prospects as well. I could see something like that. I absolutely could. I'm not gonna turn my head at all to what Hein Bloom does. I could see a move like that. Maybe not this one exactly. Bogarts and Ivaldi for May Lux Pages and Gratterall and a couple of prospects, but. I could see a similar move, like Bloom doing something similar like that, where he gets very creative. BP one twenty five. Will we see Duran up for the next series? If I don't think we we could, we could. But then again, you know how many times you know you're going to keep calling this guy up and down, up and down, up and down. I mean, Ref Snyder, man, he did pretty good this past weekend. I'd be okay with keeping Ref Snyder for right now. Uh, Caden Lichford, who do you think is the best player? for the Red Sox. Right now, it's Devers. It's Devers right now. Um, If you actually go here to the Fangraph leaderboards for the Red Sox here, let's take a look. The stats have not updated, but right now it is Raphael Devers. Raphael Devers, the one thing that would uh, would, kind of hold him back was his defense, but he's actually been playing okay defense this year. He's got a 1.9 defense on Fangraphs. His offense is just off the charts. He is statistically the best player on the Red Sox right now. Um, Bogarts is right behind him. J.D. Martinez. J.D. Martinez is actually the second best offensive player for the Red Sox right now. Um, but Devers is far and away the best player for the Red Sox, and they need to sign him as soon as possible. Uh, Nicholas Carasio, one of our moderators here in the chat. Uh, when do you think Blaze Jordan will make his debut? Oh, funny. We just talked about Blaze Jordan. Like I said, I think... You know, maybe three to four years. I think they're gonna take their time with him. You gotta remember he's nineteen years old. unless he starts just blowing the cover off the ball and you can't and you can't put this guy away. Uh, if he forces his way up at an earlier age, then I'm all for it. But I think right now if they stay on the tra- the trajectory for him, I would say probably three to four years. I think that could be a good time frame for him. So um but yeah. Blaze Jordan, man, he could end up being really good. So, everyone, that's it for tonight's show. Uh, I do appreciate everyone coming out. I appreciate the super chats. And uh, everyone, I I really do appreciate it. Um, Good questions here. Uh, You guys were talking in the chat tonight. Really do appreciate it. Um, For those of you that were coming in to the chat, uh, you were asking about the power rankings. I did say... Last Monday that I was going to be doing power rankings, I I was probably going to move it back to Sunday night. But the numbers actually did pretty good for the power rankings on Monday night and uh, better than I thought they would be. So I'm going to roll with the power rankings on Monday nights for at least right now. Keep the Believe in Red Sox podcast on Sunday nights. And uh, because right now it just works better with the schedule. and, uh, And again, the power rankings, they did well Monday. So I will be live tomorrow night. With power rankings, so be here for that. Uh, before I do get out of here, one more time, our sponsor for today's show is Bet Online. Um, hey, if you're looking to throw down some money, go check out Bet Online. They got a whole ton of whole ton of wagers that you can make. Don't forget, we are partnered with SeatGeek. Use my code HIDE. Uh, you get twenty dollars off your first purchase, and we're partners with Prize Picks. Use my code GINGER for a 100% deposit match. Um, if you are here with me live on YouTube, if you can, hit that like button on the way out. If you are new, think about subscribing to the channel. I'm talking all things baseball all the time. Uh, but if you are listening to this on your favorite Podcast network, whether that's Spotify, Google, Apple, or Stitcher. Uh, I want to thank you for listening to today's show. I will be live again here on YouTube after the Oakland A series on Thursday. So be on the lookout for that. So, uh, Thursday night, Friday morning, this podcast will be live wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. But everyone, go have yourself a great night and uh, have yourself a great week this coming week and uh, if you are listening to this in the morning have yourself a good day enjoy your cup of coffee or whatever it is you're doing everyone thank you for coming out tonight and i'll talk to you next time thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube